Firstism and the myth of its ownership. Firstism, the belief or claim by an individual or group that an individual or group is or was the first to something. Ownership, the claim or belief that an individual or group owns something. Firstism and ownership, ownership by firstism is the claim or belief that an individual or group owns something because they are or were the first to it. Firstism and its claims of ownership is a myth. It is one of the most fallacious things that have hitchhiked itself through the psychology and generations of society. Why is it a myth? Why is firstism with ownership an incomplete ideology? Here are some of the ways both firstism and the ideas of ownership are fallacious. 1. Ownership by belief and claim. Beliefs and claims do not automatically equate to reality. If a person believes or says I am better than you, that doesn't automatically make the person better than you. Even if you, yourself, or society as a whole believes it, that still doesn't automatically make it true. You and society can think it's true, but it is not. In the same manner, if a person shows you a piece of paper and says, see, it is written. It says, I am better than you. This is proof, that doesn't automatically make it true. Even if you, or society as a whole, believe the paper equates to truth slash reality, that doesn't automatically mean it equates to truth slash reality. Beliefs and claims of ownership, and even firstism, have to be more than just beliefs and claims for them to be actual reality. We have to ask why a particular person owns something, or an even deeper question beyond why, is it true that a particular person or group 100% owns something? Beliefs and claims, without anything else, are nothing more than that, beliefs and claims. 2. Ownership by first two. Space and time are infinite. One of the most fundamental ways people believe in the idea of ownership is by first to claims and beliefs. There are many ways people believe in firstism, first to discover, first to create, and many other assumptions. The patent system and history books are examples, they are filled with the idea of firstism. It is even ingrained so much into the psychology of many people that before they share something, they always want to give everyone a small history lesson about who they were taught was the first to something, insinuating a culture of ownership. But this idea is nothing more than a belief and claim. As we already mentioned, beliefs and claims, even if they are written, don't automatically make them true. In regards to firstism within space-time, such statements and claims are from limited perspectives. We know we are as only a small dot in the vastness of space-time. Therefore to make claims that someone was the first to something means the claimer has existed in all time and space. It's like, for example, someone coming in late to a sporting event and seeing one of the athletes score an unusual point. To them, he or she may think wow, I came at the perfect time to see such a rare event whereas the person nearby says, nope, they've been scoring points like that all night. It's a strange night. In this case, the claim of firstism was a claim from only a narrow perspective in time, but it also occurs in space. So, even though we may think someone or a group was the first to something, we have to remember there's a lot more history in space we don't know, even beyond our most ancient recorded histories. 3. Ownership by labor. All things are connected. Now, let's get back to the idea of ownership. It is true that specific people put more effort, work, and time to discover and create things than others, so it is only fair that they should be given the degree of credit for the work they exerted to unravel it, if they want it. However, because everything is connected, in the sense that, because all the effort and work that has been, and is now, being done presently by all beings in the world, it has given the person the opportunity to have the time and energy to work, discover, and create it. Therefore, in a sense, everything is responsible, to some degree, for everything. Therefore, absolute 100% credit for something is a fallacy because without everything else, nothing would be. For example, 
I spent an enormous degree of effort creating a new kind of proof for the twin prime conjecture, as well as everything else I've ever done, and although it was a labor of love, it was to the degree where it was almost impossible. It was unbelievably difficult, relatively speaking, even though I reveal it in an unbelievably simple way. However, although I have spent the time and effort unraveling it, in reality, it still wasn't 100% for me. This is because without all the other kinds of labor in existence, animals, plants, and even all humans, including all things done in the past, it gave the time and support to allow it to happen. Yes, I chose it, but everyone else, to a degree, chose it with me by consciously or unconsciously allowing or supporting it. And even though it seems to be a first, because the popular belief for millennia, even to this day is that it still hasn't been solved, there could have been times before written history, or in other regions in space, where it is solved, maybe not in the exact same manner, because nothing is exactly alike, but at least to the degree where the solution is clearly known. How much percentage is the question? But for labor of anything, there should be a percentage of fruits for anyone's labor. 4. Ownership by transfer. You can't 100% give away what's not 100% yours to begin with. Ownership by transfer comes in the following three ways. Transfer by purchase or exchange. Transfer by gift. Transfer by taking. In any of those three ways, they are also fallacies. To buy something from someone and say you own it because you bought it, the person had to first own it themselves. Even if that person brought it from someone else, who claimed they owned it, they have to also have owned it themselves. No one can sell anything that is not truly theirs and claim to the person who just brought it, it is automatically 100% theirs. If a person steals a ring, wants to sell it, and says, I made it. It's mine, that doesn't mean the person made it or that it belongs to them, therefore, just because the person gave the person money for it, doesn't automatically transfer the ownership. Why? Because it was never true to begin with. Therefore, it doesn't matter how many cycles of exchange something goes through, ownership by purchase is nothing more than a belief and claim. In other words, collective belief doesn't automatically make it true. A person or society can think it's true but that doesn't mean it is true. In the same manner, ownership by gift or ownership by taking is only true if the beginning of its cycle is true. If it is not, the entire chain is fallacious and imaginary. 5. Firstism by record. A record, or claim of a record, doesn't automatically equal to truth or only truth. Another level of firstism is firstism by record, but as mentioned before, Beliefs and claims do not automatically equate to reality. In this case, there are various assumptions behind this kind of firstism, the assumptions are a. The information in the record is automatically correct. b. The interpretation of the record is automatically correct. c. The record is the first and only time or place it has occurred. d. The record-slash-storage medium is the only kind of record-slash-storage medium. a. The information in the record is automatically correct. This kind of firstism involves records of information. For example, if a person finds an ancient book written by someone, there is the inclination to assume all the information in the record is true. It is true that it is a record, but it is not automatically true that the information in the record is true. It could be true, but it could also be false, or somewhere in between. Even modern books or information, people can simply put or claim something was created or discovered at a specific date and time by a particular person, but this is nothing more than a claim. Anyone can put or say anything. A group of people can say anything. This goes back to the reality that claims, written or spoken, do not automatically equate to reality. This does not mean it is not reality, but just that it could be a lie, a partial truth, or even the truth altogether. B. The interpretation of the record is automatically correct. 
This kind of firstism involves interpretation of the information in the record. It is true that only the writer of the information, as it is displayed when it is coming directly from the source, which is personal experience and observation, only that person knows the exact precise meaning behind the message. Anyone else that goes to interpret it, there will be at least some degree of minimization in experience accuracy. This does not mean one cannot get a truthful account of history by reading the story about it, but that to see it exactly through the senses of the experiencer one has to be the experiencer. Thus, any interpretation will only be one's own interpretation, although it could still be a general true interpretation and understanding of what really happened. C. The record is the first and only time or place it has occurred. This kind of firstism is the belief that records are the be and end all of happenings. However, in reality, not everything is recorded by means we prefer to find them by. And just because something was not recorded, doesn't mean it didn't happen. For example, in the story of the Bible, it doesn't give every little detail of what happened in history. Although it is more likely a history book, there are things that happen that the Bible didn't record in words, because to do so the Bible would be ridiculously longer than it is now. But we know, for example, that Moses went to the bathroom at least once in his life. Yet, there is no written record of it. We know Enoch probably climbed a tree once before, or maybe not, but there is no written record of it. In the same manner, in other places in the universe, there are things that have happened that we simply do not know. There could be many places similar to the creation story in another part of the universe. To claim something is the only place something has occurred, because it is the only place it is recorded, is an illogical claim. And because of the vastness of reality, it has likely occurred in other places before that particular record. D. The record-slash-storage medium is the only kind of record-slash-storage medium. There are storage mediums beyond what humans use to store information. There are also storage mediums in history, with different kinds of languages, that humans don't use today. Even animals store information in many different ways most humans do not interpret. Likewise, the physical world stores things in all sorts of ways we have yet to fathom, not to mention the human mind, memory, and soul. A person can think of something in another part of the world, and just because the person didn't write it down or share it, doesn't mean another person who thought and shared afterwards was the first to it. Not everyone, every culture wants or needs to store things in written language. They can even store them with unknown physical processes or even believe they don't need to. Thus, to have a more expansive view of the truth, we shouldn't only look to our own culture, language, and storage mediums but we must expand to other cultures, languages, and storage mediums. And then perhaps, we'll realize what we were taught was the first to was a lie. The problems with firstism and its myth of ownership. Because of the generational and universal lie of ownership with firstism, many people, for example, believe, or maybe they too know it's a lie, that they own a lot of things, either by, first to discover, by purchase, or by other actually not true means. Because of this, some individuals like to collect a lot of things, such as land, and claim they own it. This also applies to intellectual property, like purchases to the patent system, in many cases, because society believes that person owns it and that they don't, then it automatically means, even if they don't have enough to live a comfortable life, since it is not theirs, they believe they have to suffer, die, or be controlled. This is not true. And the problems this creates in the world is insurmountable. Human society needs to undo the belief in ownership by firstism and realize it is just a lie and deception, even by those willing to enforce the belief. The importance of ownership. Now, although this is about firstism and the myth of ownership by firstism, the other side of this is, that does not mean people cannot own things. Because to live, survive, and thrive, people need something stable they can grab a hold on to and claim as their own, at least for a time. For example, 
if no one had property that they can call their own and establish rules that fit them within that particular property, then anyone can come by and disturb them, walk through their property, and do anything they want to do with it. This is not ideal and is just as bad as greed by the illusion of ownership. People deserve to have things they call their own, but this does not mean the property owner has the right to harass or harm the person, if the person is trying to get from point A to point B, but can just kindly say it is their property. And so, for example, in the case of land, everyone deserved to have, cost-free and tax-free, because cost implies ownership, so much amount of land. And in the case of things discovered or created by the person's labor, the person's work and effort need to be rewarded in some way, after all if they have done more work for something to come into fruition, then they deserve that more say in how it is used and distributed, but at the same time knowing that it is still, to a degree, everyone's. Likewise, if anyone can come and take the fruits of a person's labor and the person is not proportionally supported in the process, then there is no point for anyone to do anything, because it is taken by those who didn't do the same amount of effort to deserve it. Therefore, what is needed is, need, for both potential and reciprocation, while, at the same time, being truthful about where things have really come from. Actual firstism, first cases are true within specific parameters. Now, as with ownership, that there are cases where it is true and needed, so also with firstism. There are just as many true firstism cases as there are false firstism cases. The key is to have a more accurate way of distinguishing truth from falsehood that is based more than just a collective belief. But within true firstism, it is usually within a particular span of spacetime. The span of extension can be the first within an entire galaxy or it can be the first on a particular continent, it can be the first within an entire constellation or it can be the first within a particular city. It can be the first within the last 1000 years, or it can be the first within the last 10 years. It even occurs within groups, it can be within the human population or it can be within the entire population of all life on earth. As we can see, first to claims are real within specific parameters, and who knows, maybe there are also first to things within all of existence and creation, but this is also looking at everything, including time, from a linear, rather than cyclic, perspective. Another realization is that all things are unique, physically speaking, therefore, nothing is really exactly the same. For example, no one has the exact same voice, although there are voices that may seem to sound very similar. And a counter-perspective is to consider there are countless parallel realities similar enough to where everything appears the same. So actual firstism does exist, but false firstism does as well. This article is mainly about false firstism because maybe by identifying the false ones, the true ones can be revealed, as well as the parameters. In summary, even though absolute firstism and ownership is a myth, there are these things that are true. 1. People deserve to be rewarded for their labor. 2. Everyone deserves what they need to be whole. 3. A more accurate claim is we think this person or group may have been the first to something within a particular region of spacetime. We think, may have, and within a particular span of spacetime, it is a more accurate statement than, it is, have, and within all spacetime within the presence of a mind with only a narrow band of all available information. However, within the span of all available time and space, in which humanity or anything else that is not humanity, are the first to something makes such claims practically impossible. We are all familiar with all sorts of logical fallacies, but this one is far too often not recognized. As for ownership, there are three main kinds. 1. There is excess ownership. This is the belief or claim that a person or group owns more than what they need to maximize their life. 2. There is scarce ownership. This is the belief or claim that a person or group owns less than what they need to maximize their life. 3. And finally, there is rightful ownership, 
This is the reality that everyone deserves and owns what they need to maximize their life. Excess and scarce ownership is false. They are just beliefs societies choose to accept, nothing more. However, rightful ownership is true ownership. It is that which is exactly proportional to one's need, physical and psychological, and labor. And we are not talking about theft. Theft is wrong, but rather, the things that exist naturally produced by nature and not by man. For example, in the case of land ownership, many people believe they themselves, or others 100% own land for any of the reasons as mentioned previously. Land, or more specifically space, is one of the most fundamental things people need for optimal health and well-being. This is because most food and resources comes from the land, and by land, also meaning the ocean. Land is Mother Earth and is the source, in addition to sunlight, where mostly everything we need comes from. We, every individual on Earth, has a right to this. I like to call this, the right to natural source. There is not only a source within us, there is also a physical source in our world environment, and that source is, nature, its resources, and the space it provides for free movement, time, and expression. However, because of the myth of excess ownership, many individuals, sometimes in the name of contribution, take up lots of this because, instead of individuals having their own right to the source, it is wanted for everyone to have to go through them, to, get food, get water, get space, rather than individuals having the right to grow their own food, purify their own water, build their own kind of homes, and so on. True freedom, for all those who really care about it, is where everyone has the right to this natural source. While fighting homelessness and the introduction of cryptocurrencies are worthy causes in our society, the more fundamental help is to help the landless and ensure their right to the source. Because even if one gets a home, that doesn't automatically mean it would be a natural fit for their biology or psychology, and even if everyone adopted Bitcoin, there would still be the homeless, which is caused by the collective ideology of false success ownership. But yet if everyone realized everyone owns, for at least a period of time and then that can go on to the next space to own, the land with resources they need, then that is their home and they can build and create the type of environment that fits and supports them. Yet most of the popular political parties either fight for support from or dependency on government or capitalism, none of which is about people getting what they need directly from the source, in order to be independent of them both. True help and freedom lies not in money, but in that fundamental right to the space and natural resources to create the kind of life they want. Now, of course, there is a spectrum, some people prefer to live in denser communities while others less dense, this is why rightful ownership is proportional to each individual need. Also, this does not mean individuals are to ignore each other and not work together, but they can still do both, especially now that we have technology capable of communicating around the world. What about other kinds of ownership, for example, do we own our bodies? Absolutely we own our bodies, at least more than anyone else. This is rightful ownership. Since we are the only ones living in our bodies, we know what we need to maximize our life. This includes our minds. And just as with land, we have the right to fashion it in a way that supports and promotes our health, well-being, preference, and happiness. Most freedom talk is about freedom of speech, or freedom of assembly, but freedom of bodily expression is the same and just as important. Yet, this is hypocritically ignored by many freedom fighters. This means everyone has a right to, dress how they want, get tattoos, decorate their body or hair, shave or not shave, wear clothing or not wear clothing, anywhere, everyone has that right. It is their body, bodily expression is a human right. Whether they want to wear clothing or not, nudity is a fundamental human right, it does no harm, unless you're in the Arctic, you might want to make yourself warmer, but on the other end of the spectrum, wearing clothing when it is unnecessary, it is more healthy for the body to take them off, and in this case it is more than a human right but a human requirement. 
Breastfeeding in public is a right. Nipples and dicks, erect or not, hidden or not, there is nothing wrong with them. Wet vaginas, asses, visually, if one is just walking to the store, there is nothing wrong with them. Yet, in various places, false laws, even on social networks, they don't allow something as natural as nudity, even though everyone sees it every day and it is how everyone is born. So, yes, everyone owns their bodies and are able to do to it what they want, where it gives them more freedom, health, and happiness. But once again, as with true and false, people may think something is right or wrong, only on the basis because it is a claim or a norm they grew up in, but in reality, the only wrong is the insecurity and the want to take the right of people to express themselves how they see fit. To make laws, uphold laws, try to enforce laws, or to not reverse laws when one has the means, and to not recognize the right that everyone owns their body and can express it however they wish, as long as they respect that people own and have a right to their bodies as well, and that everyone owns at least the minimum amount of natural resources and space to live a happy and productive life, to deny this it may not be seen as a human crime, but it is a natural human right crime. Of course, everyone still has a choice, but the belief has to be removed to realize the truth.